Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking F1 podcast. The first of 2021, so Happy New Year to you all. Hope you've had a wonderful time over the holiday season and we're here to help fight against those January blues with some, you know, what we do. F1, kind of. Um, Sam Sage and Harry Yeed, of course, joining me, Ben Hocking. Sam, I'm assuming the phrase New Year, New Me isn't going to apply to you whatsoever. and We're still going to get the same level of pure insanity. Yeah, I have been a moron for 25 years and this will be the 26th. Bring it on. <laughs> you are a moron, Sam. Good. It's a good start to the podcast. Everyone, welcome back. Let's go. <laughs> Glad we've got that confirmation out of you. Um, so on the agenda today, uh, Williams have announced a, uh, an increased technical partnership with Mercedes from 2022. So our thoughts on that news, how it might impact the team. We give our thoughts on how we would change the podium ceremony. Uh, and it's the first appearance of 2021 for F1 back and forth later in the show. But first of all, we're in the new year. And many people like to try out New Year's resolutions. So we're going to look at some F1 drivers and what their what their resolution should be. So we'll kick off with you, Sam. Um, what do you think Mick Schumacher, new hash driver, what should his New Year's resolution be? Demolish Nikita Mazepin into the ground. Did you, um, did you, Nikita Mazepin? Oh, that's correct. Yeah, or Nikita Marzipan, and you can eat him as a delicacy throughout the race weekend. Um, in all honesty, that Haas probably still isn't going to be too great, um, especially now they've lost their senior drivers that maybe could provide some insight on development. So I think Schumacher has to beat Mazepin. I think as a New Year's resolution, you have to go in there, you have to beat your teammate as a rookie, especially when they're another rookie, especially when you have beaten them in your junior platform. So I think you've got to carry that form through. Um, I think if he if he goes and does that well by a good few points, should the half score points, um, then I think he's he's done himself a good first season. But for me, that's what Mick Schumacher has to do is 
crush Mazepin into the ground in terms of racing points. It's like a tiny speck of dust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so far away because Schumacher's so far ahead. You can't really see him anymore. Good stuff. This has started exactly <laughs> how I figured it would have done. Um, Harry, what about you? We'll move on to Daniel Ricciardo. Have you got a New Year's resolution for Danny Rick at his new team? Uh, yeah, my New Year's resolution for Danny Rick is for him to keep being him. And by that, Aww. I mean... No, I mean, I think I probably 2020 was Danny, uh, Danny Ricciardo's best ever year in F1. It, it might be level with 2014, potentially. But I think he was he was on absolutely top form last year. And, you know, we saw with the first year of his Renault move, he wasn't he wasn't on great form. And, you know, whether that was getting used to the team or he didn't like the car, the way the car suited him. So he, he needs to not let that happen and and keep doing what he was doing last year and can maintain that form as he uh, enters this new era with uh, with McLaren. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with what you said there, actually, in terms of it being either his best season or at least rivaling 2014. He was very, very good in 20, 29, uh, 2020, I should say. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what he does this season. Um, all right, I'll go with Valtteri Bottas here, a New Year's resolution for him. And I was thinking maybe I should do win the championship, but ultimately I think New Year's resolution should be achievable. So uh, <laughs> just, just kidding, Valtteri. Not really. And we've got our first one of the year. Good stuff. Um, no, my realistic um, New Year's resolution for Valtteri Bottas, win back-to-back races. He still hasn't done it four years into being a Mercedes driver. He's never won two races in a row. We see year after year that Valtteri Bottas clearly has a lot of pace, particularly in qualifying, and he has the ability to take it to Lewis Hamilton, but not on a consistent enough basis. And he's never been able to string together two wins. So I'd like to see him do that this year. I I don't think there's any chance he'll win the championship, much like last year. But doing stuff like that, winning back-to-back races, more consistent podiums, that could see him get closer. So that's mine. Sergio Perez, Sam. What should be the new Red Bull driver's New Year resolution? Well, I think realistically we know Max is going to perform. So I think it's just beyond par with Max Verstappen. I'm not always expecting Perez to beat Verstappen, right? Verstappen's had many years in that Red Bull family. Verstappen knows what he's doing. It's for Perez to turn up and just show that skill. And show that... Put, the thing is, if Perez does badly, it almost alleviates Alex Albon and Pierre Gasly. Um, people might look at the situation a little kind to see that there is an experienced veteran of a driver in that car and he still can't get anywhere near Verstappen. But if uh, Perez can finish in the position behind Verstappen in the championship, he can regularly qualify next to him on the grid, maybe in front of him some races. I think Perez has it in him to do that. That's great. And to back up the team, just be a solid number two driver. I think Perez is more than capable in him. He's just got to adapt to the car, adapt to his surroundings. He just needs to be strong and represent himself as well as he has done in the previous seasons. So for me, it's turn up to every race and be right there with Verstappen every single race. I think that's a more than a good enough season. I mean, you said in that the, the position behind Verstappen would be absolutely fine and being there in terms of qualifying. Do you think there's a certain number of points that would be respectable for him to be behind Verstappen in the championship? Sorry, I'm eating some mini eggs. Um, that was oh. fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> now, these two chocolates come out already. God um, damn. 
So, well, come the end of the season, I think if he's within 20 points of Max Verstappen at the end of the season, 15 to 20 points, I think that's great. Considering that, you know, if we're going to take the current season that we've just had and copy and paste the form of the car onto the new season, they're not going to be winning a lot of races. Maybe one, maybe two here or there if there's a crazy race going on. So they're not going to be scoring those mega points. So, you know, you lose three, six points every single race. If that adds up over a full season to a maximum of 20 points, I think Perez has done himself really well because it's his first season in that car. Good stuff. Uh, moving on to uh, another driver that finds himself at a new team. Sebastian Vettel, of course, going to be at Aston Martin after a number of years at Ferrari. Harry, do you think that there is a New Year's resolution for old Sebi Vett? <laughs> old Sebi Vett. Yeah, I think his New Year's resolution has to be um, let the team, you know, let the strategist, let everyone in the team take the pressure you just concentrate on the driving and i think he spent so many years you know uh i'm not saying he carried the team the whole way he didn't have a great 2020 2019 wasn't special either but you know the 15 16 17 18 i think the weight of ferrari and having to carry ferrari especially when they made some pretty horrendous strategic strategic decisions um i think it got to him and he needs that you know, I think for Vettel to excel, he needs a strong backing behind him, and he doesn't—he doesn't want to have to feel like he's carrying, you know, carrying the weight. So, I think, you know, I think uh, Ray, um, Aston Martin can, you know, the the team can give that to him. I think that we know already they are a solid team, uh, but I think Vettel just needs to let that happen. You know, just just go with it and don't try and don't try and put too much pressure on his shoulders because I think he'll, he will struggle otherwise. I mean, we saw something even as early as, even as soon as 2020, really. You remember the Hungarian Grand Prix where everyone moved on from intermediate tyres to dry tyres. They tried to put him on, I think, the soft compound tyre, the same as what they put Charles Leclerc on. Vettel overrides the decision. Vettel ends up finishing like fifth or sixth and Charles Leclerc doesn't get any points from the race. So, um, yeah, just kind of proving your point on that one. Uh Max Verstappen, I'll have a look at next. So Perez's teammate, and actually, my my New Year's resolution is focused on Sergio Perez for Max Verstappen, and that's quite simply to work well with him. Like we see how good Mercedes are year on year, and a lot of that comes down to the to the partnership that that Hamilton's got with Bottas, and we know that there is a clear pecking order there, and we know there is a a one and two driver in terms of uh, ability. And we might well get a situation like that at Red Bull. It remains to be seen. But Verstappen just needs to prove that he can work alongside a second driver. In terms of strategy, he hasn't had it over the last few years. He hasn't had that strategic partner to sort of go longer or go shorter in a in a stint. So I'd just like to see that that partnership blossom. I don't think Perez is a particularly difficult driver to get along with. Esteban Ocon aside, um, you know, he's got on well with his teammates throughout his career. So... Um, yeah, I think Verstappen, at some point, if he wants to win championships, he's going to have to work well with a second driver. So no reason why he can't start here. Lewis Hamilton has the opportunity to win an eighth championship this season and break the record. Sam, a New Year's resolution for him? Well, I think for Lewis Hamilton, it has to be to raise Williams up back through the ranks again. Obviously, he's yeah. going to be their lead driver going yeah. into the new season. George Russell, of course, is... a uh 
the new lead driver for Mercedes because for some reason Lewis still hasn't signed a bloody contract. So no one knows what's going on in the world. Um, so I think that Lewis Hamilton is going to be the Williams golden boy. And all those haters out there, Lewis needs to win a car that isn't the best. I mean, you could look at the early teens years when he was at McLaren, but also you can now look at Williams because that's who he's going to be driving for. In all seriousness, um, Lewis just has to keep on doing what he's doing. I don't think Lewis, Lewis in my opinion, on off the track at the moment, he can't be better. He Win more races, I guess. Have more pole positions. Just keep doing exactly what you're doing. New Year's resolution, sign a bloody contract, mate. Get it sorted. Put a pen on a paper. I cannot wait for Nicholas Latifi to beat Lewis Hamilton 1-0 in terms of points this season. <laughs> it's what I live for. <laughs> no, that's uh, fair enough. Um, Harry, someone told me once that you quite like Fernando Alonso, and apparently he's returning this season. So have you got a New Year's Is resolution he? for him? Um, yeah, it's a tough one for Alonso. It's kind of similar to, to Ricardo. I just think... Actually, it's kind of similar to Ricardo and Vettel's... Uh, he just needs to be Alonso in the fact, you know, we love Alonso. If even if you say you don't like Alonso, you do because it's, it's, it's the law. It's just spicy, isn't it? Um, so in that sense, he just needs to keep being the fast driver he is, and just you know, spicy team radio messages. But on the other hand, I think he also needs to cinema to Vettel in a different way, but kind of butt out of the team stuff. And I, I don't think he's going to be there long enough. And I think he views this as a different project. You know, compared to what the you know the return to McLaren was, I think this is kind of his his swan song, isn't it? In in Formula One in racing, um, so I think he will. But um, yeah, basically that's it. So butt out of the team stuff, but be Alonso. And I know that's quite hard to do for him, but you can do it, Fonz. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. World champion by the end of this year, guaranteed. Oh, there, there goes my prediction. We're, I'm a few months uh, early on it, but there, there we go. Um, and I'll go, finally, we'll round out this topic here. Uh, Carlos Sainz, so Alonso's compatriot. So Sainz, of course, going to Ferrari against Charles Leclerc. It is not an easy task for him whatsoever. So I just think he needs to get some some early encouraging results. I think that should be his New Year's resolution. We saw what happened with Charles Leclerc versus Sebastian Vettel at the beginning of 2019. There was a very clear packing order then. Um, and Charles Leclerc just wouldn't back down. He he kept on knocking on the door. And soon enough, they let him in. Uh, and they gave him that long-term contract. They ended up not negotiating with Sebastian Vettel at all. It just proves that if you do deliver the performances, you, you can make it. So I think Carlos Sainz just needs to establish himself early on, and particularly because there is a lot of threat for that seat from uh, younger drivers. Of course, Mick Schumacher is now in Formula One. There's already been discussion of Mick Schumacher going into that seat, which might be used as a bit of a scare tactic for Carlos Sainz, possibly. But even without Mick Schumacher, there are other Ferrari young drivers as well that will eventually come through the ranks. And if Sainz isn't up to the task, they'll end up replacing him. So I think Carlos Sainz just needs to, he needs to familiarise himself very early on, which hasn't typically been something he's been great at, particularly at Renault. So it's a bit of a task for him. So we're going to look now at the podium ceremony um, and whether we would make any changes to it, quite frankly. So, Sam, have you got any ideas on this? Um, firstly, get rid of national anthems. 
They're whoa. not needed. They are not needed. Oh, this is not, you're not representing your country. You're representing you and the team. You don't. We don't walk into Barnsley versus Coventry. Sorry, Ben, and play the national anthem every match, do we? <laughs> no, we don't line the players up who are on the winning team and go, um, John Smith, you are from England. Let's play the national anthem. Great stuff. Okay, um, Sebastian Buemi, you're going to play to Barnsley. We're going to play. <laughs> Swiss national anthem. It doesn't happen. Sorry, you don't need it. I want the drivers to have a pick their own song, like in martial arts, like in boxing or something. You know, Hamilton goes, oh, I'll play, oh, XGNA, he's a good pianist. Get him on the piano while he's walking out there. Who is he? Who is this pianist? No one knows his identity. No one, no one. Um, but why not? It's more fun. It, I don't care where each driver's from. It's a weird thing in Formula One that they're represented by their nationality when... Mercedes, who are based in England, are a German team and have many different nationalities working for them. It's just a bit weird. We don't need it. Also, this is another thing I'd change. Bring back bloody big trophies and get rid of the stupid Heineken stars. There, I've said it. I don't want them here. Get them out. Thank you very much. You know, I would really love for the Monaco Tunnel to actually just be one big Heineken star. <laughs> that, that's my that. idea. <laughs> Controversial <laughs> opinion from Mr. Sage then. Uh, nothing new here, of course. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, just to clarify, Sebastian Buemi doesn't play for Barnsley. In case, in case anyone was wondering on that front. You missed that uh, transfer news. <laughs> clearly, yeah. Missed that one. Um Harry, first of all, what are your views on Sam's views about getting rid of the national anthem? And, and secondly, have you got any ideas of your own that you would uh, you would implement? I would. Um, I wouldn't get rid of the national anthem. I, li- I like the national anthem. Sorry, sorry, Sam. But if your country's national anthem is boring, then you automatically have to change it to the Italian one. Yes, fair, fair. it's going to get played every week because the English <laughs> one is rubbish. So it'll just be the Italian national anthem. All the time. I, I I have annoyed a lot of people listening to this. <laughs> Very sorry, everyone. Um. So yeah, Italian national anthem pretty much all the time. I agree with the big, you know, big proper trophies. Don't want this naff stuff. I particularly think they should at least one race a year have the uh, Sega Hedgehog that they had at Donington yeah. in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it gets a lucky dip each race each year. <laughs> yeah. What tracks it gonna be at this year? Not sponsored by Sega, but you still get it. Um, <laughs> I think they should have the actual flags made out of material again, not yes. bloody TV screens. What's that about? Come on. I like why also the- why are the TV screens like the twelve inch ones that you used to get in those portable DVD players that you can have in the back know. of your car? What's tiny. that about? No idea. Um, yeah, I liked it because someone would have to be behind there pulling it up, and sometimes they get it the wrong way around, so they have to pull it back down again and swap them over. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is funny. Yeah, see, see funny. it's just a comedic element to this podium ceremony. Um, I also I preferred the post race interviews on the podium rather than in the pit lane. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I, oh, good. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't really work for me in the pit lane because they're still celebrating. And they, you know, they're not as coherent as they are normally when they're on the podium when they've had ten minutes to think about what to say. So, um, yeah, I'd bring that more or swap, you know, swap it back to that. Uh, what else would I have? Oh, I'd make every podium like the one in Monza. So it has to be over the track. Doesn't matter where yeah. you are. 
I'd also like them to extend the podium celebration to the top eight drivers. The <laughs> step for getting tangier and tangier for every every position until eighth then... place is actually stood or going indent, and it's not a step. They actually have to go down a step. Right, well, it's like Nicholas Latifi a... go down in the drain, like <laughs> just comes up to his waist. <laughs> Poor guy. Please stand in this hole, Nicholas Latifi. You came last. <laughs> Here's a wooden spoon, shaped like a Hargitan star. Ben, <laughs> how would you change it? Yeah, I've well, made all the points, Ben. Uh, you no, know, they are all very valid points. Um, first of all, I, I am intrigued with your um, your idea about everyone having their custom entrance, almost rather than the national anthem. I, thought, I think that'd be very interesting. Although I agree, Harry, that I don't mind the national anthems myself if they're okay ones. So everyone can have the Italian national anthem going forward. Uh, the British one, like Zaya, is boring, so can't be played anymore. Um, I, yeah, I'd be really interested to see what we'd come up with for these custom entrances. You know, XDNA, that that might show up, as you say, Sam. Maybe Carlos Sainz would have Smooth Operator. Oh, or, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nikita Mazepin could have I Need to Understand My Boundaries. <laughs> Really interesting song. Um, Get in the big. Get in the big. But yeah, I, I've got a few ideas. Of my own. I agree with what you say, Harry, in terms of the interviews. Um, they should happen on the podium, not in the pit. Like they, they don't care enough to give an interview right directly after they've finished. It's too fresh. They, they just want to celebrate. You're not going to get the best out of them. So do it on the podium instead. Um, and mix it up a bit in terms of having having XF1 drivers, but have also established journalists as well to try and really get the most out of their answers. I feel as if some of the questioning can at times be a bit tame and not actually achieve anything. Oh, and all celebrity interviewers are banned. I, I don't care, Patrick Stewart, go away. Um, one, I might just be a bit of a traditionalist here, but reefs, like going back to like the 70s, I think they look really cool. Having the reefs. I thought you like... meant the orange alco pop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that does bring me on to a good point, though. No champagne could be replaced by Stella Artois. <laughs> uh... This is going to part. I tried to make it serious. Yeah. Whenever you try to make anything serious here, it usually does go to part. Um, but I also agree with what you say in terms of the trophies. Um, I, I think. A lot of them are a bit too samey and don't look great. I know that the Sonic the Hedgehog one, it, it, it's remembered. And it's remembered for a reason. It's iconic. I, I'd love to see a bit more, yeah, just more recognisable trophies. Just just ones that you look at and, and you remember them for, for years to come. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. But definitely the Stella Artois instead of the Champagne. That's the main one. That is the last good thing that Britain did, though, wasn't it? It was refused to have the Heineken Trophy. That is the, the only thing I can remember that England's done well in the last few years. Um, ooh, uh, yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. agreed. Nothing about anything else. All right, let's move on to our next topic, uh, which is focused on Williams. So they have announced an expansion of the technical cooperation with Mercedes who of course already supply their power unit. From 2022, the team will use Mercedes gearboxes and other components, um, including hydraulics. So what do you reckon, Harry? Do you think this is good news for the Williams team? Are you, Yeah, how, how do you feel about it? Let us know. 
<laughs> I, I, do you know what, Ben? I'll let you know. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's been a, a sad kind of time for Williams in the, in, in, you know, in the way that they are no longer an independent and it's the last independent team in F1, really, isn't it? Um, but this absolutely makes sense. And why would they not do this? They, they have to do it. Because um, we want we want to see Williams fighting back at the front, and you know, as much as we admire, you know, Sir Frank and Claire for remaining so independent for so long, and for you know, even not that long ago, being at the front of the field, you know, think fourteen, fifteen, they were they were you know had a pole, were on the podium all the time. Um, yeah, so you got to admire them for that. But there was no way that you know in, in the current. Uh, state of F1, they'd be able to fight their way back um, being an independent. So it absolutely makes sense to have stronger ties with Mercedes. You know, we've seen what Racing Point did last year. Uh, I'm not saying Williams will turn up with a Mercedes next year, although they could well do. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a no-brainer for, for everyone at Williams. It's cost-effective. means they can put the money uh, or the little money they have into other resources or other, other people. Um, yeah, it all made all made sense to me. And if it means Williams can return, you know, to, or to you know, can be more competitive, then I'm absolutely all for it. What do you reckon, Sam? Do you think that this was a necessary evil almost for them? Yeah, I think so. They already had a partnership there, obviously, with the engines. That was pretty much the only good thing about Williams um, in terms of their on-track performances, or the fact they had a relatively reliable engine. The issue is for them, of course, that their problem wasn't straight line speed. Their problem was downforce and drag and their car. I mean, their car might be quite good next season because, of course, next season is all about um, increased drag and reduced downforce, isn't it? It's the cars will be worse in corners and maybe Williams will not have to do as much. Who knows? Um, not a, it's a weirdly backhanded compliment, Matt. You're going to be better when everyone else has to be worse. Um, but in terms of cost saving and internal parts and parts that cost a lot to develop, this is a great move in terms of a business move. This is very financially sensible. From the new owners, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of you know people happy. It's going to keep a lot of people in business. It's going to keep a lot of people employed. It means they can focus their finances on developing elsewhere, and they need to develop elsewhere because they are struggling when it comes to a lot of the key areas of the on-track sport, and that is cornering. Um, apart from drag racing, you need to do that. And Williams don't do a lot of it very well at the moment. So I'm hoping that now they can focus more directly and they're just going to buy stuff straight off of Mercedes, who, of course, are the most successful team of all time. It might go well. But as a comparison, of course, Haas did this from Ferrari and still regularly do do this from Ferrari. And they are still struggling. So it shows that that um, focus of funds, maybe on the exterior of the car and how it handles, is not the correct way forward. It doesn't work out for everybody. So I'm hoping that Williams, with the technical backing that they do have, might be able to make some inroads. But if they've got that strong a technical backing, they should have been able to do it anyway, in my opinion. So I think it's good from a financial basis. Do I think it's going to elevate them up the field again? I don't think it's going to be as instantaneous as what some people are hoping for. Yeah, I think given Williams' position, I completely understand why they've gone ahead with this. I think it makes sense. Um and I think largely in 2020, we were expecting them to make strides. And you could say based on their relative pace to the likes of Hassan Alfa Romeo, they did make strides. But honestly, I think they have not necessarily had their blushes saved because, I mean, they weren't in a good place anyway. Um, but I feel as if the 
the poor Ferrari engine that was put together has actually flattered Williams slightly, and they would be in pretty much the exact same position they were in in 2019 if that wasn't the case. I feel as if teams have come back towards them rather than them make massive strides forward this year. So I completely understand why they need to be more efficient, and ultimately efficiency is only going to get more important as the budget cap comes in. You know, we've there seems to be this what I think is a false narrative that when the budget cap comes in and all of the the bigger spending teams are going to have to cut back slightly, there seems to be this narrative that the smaller teams like Williams are the ones who are going to benefit. But it's it's not necessarily the smaller teams that will benefit. It will be the efficient teams that benefit. Bear in mind that, that Williams don't really spend much less than the likes of Alpha Tauri and Alfa Romeo and Haas. Their, their budget is almost identical and they're still losing to all these teams. So why should that change when when everything is brought in line with this cap? So I understand the need for for get being more efficient, and this is the easiest way to do it. Uh, I think it is sad from a pure perspective of Frank and Claire wanting this to remain as an independent team, and you know, they fought to remain as an independent team, even when all of the obvious signs were, were telling them to do otherwise. Um, it's sad that they've had to go down this route. I, I didn't want that for, for that to be the case. Bear in mind that a little over a year ago, actually, I think it was less than a year ago, you had Claire Williams saying out loud, like, over my dead body, would we go ahead with a move like this? And, and it, it's happened. Obviously not with her in charge, but it's happened for the team. So it is sad that... that is a bit of it's a bit of a hate the hate the game rather than the player situation here because I completely understand why they've done it. I I feel it's just such a shame that they've had to do it, and I I am of the of the opinion that even though this will elevate them, and I agree with what you say, Sam, that I don't think it will be overnight. It's going to elevate them to a degree, but it, it it's not going to elevate them all the way back up. I just don't think customer teams have the ability to win in Formula One. I. And theoretically, you've got Ferrari and Renault and technically Red Bull as they're the de facto Honda team, I guess, uh, and Mercedes. You know, the, the other teams are becoming such clones of these bigger teams now that they they are controlled almost. You know, Mercedes are happy to give out power units and, and gearboxes and everything else to the likes of Williams because they know that they pose no threat whatsoever. So it's a real shame that... You know, you bring all of those factors in line where you know that they're not going to have an advantage over you. Uh, and it just means that these big teams can control it. And we, as a result of that, get a uh, get a slightly reduced uh, number of cars fighting for the championship or fighting for the top few spots. So I think this will help them out. I understand why they've done this in the short term. Um, hopefully something comes a bit better for them in the long term, though. That's all I would say. All right, and we'll move on to the main event, the one they've all not been waiting for. It's the return in 2021 of F1 back and forth. Did you really think that they were going to let my singing career die in 2020? No chance. Just got to get warmed up. <laughs> oh, I'm milking it. F1. Back and forth, it's F1. Back and forth, we go backwards. And then go forth, it's F1. Back and forth, yeah, F1. It's so good, isn't it? 
I would say it it can't get any worse. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for that intro, Sam. F1 back and forth for anyone who hasn't listened to the podcast before. By the way, hello. Thank you for joining. Um, F1 Where back and forth. Where have you been? Yeah. Yeah. Bigger question. Where have you been? Um, F1 back and forth is a challenge between Sam and Harry. Uh, where I give them a category, there are a certain number of correct answers within that category. They go back and forth until one of them can't think of an answer or gives a wrong answer. It is as simple as that. And we do encourage you to play along at home, see if you can get more right than these two morons. It's usually easy enough. (laughs) Anyway, today your challenge is this. And there are 28 correct answers within this category. Oh, God. Japan. (laughs) (laughs) it'd be really funny if that was a correct answer you'll soon learn it isn't i am looking for f1 race winners who have fewer than 10 wins and have raced since 1985 oh my god so anyone who has fewer than 10 wins but one or more um and has raced since 1985 as well. There are 28 correct answers within this category. So, Sam, if you wouldn't mind, kick us off on this one. Since 1985. Yes. Just gonna make sure I got that date right because I'm definitely gonna be playing on the line. Uh, <laughs> so, is it is it 10 included or under 10? Under 10. Um, in that case. Let's kick off with Daniel Ricardo. Daniel Ricardo is a correct answer. He has seven wins to his name. Harry. Yano Trilli. <laughs> All aboard the Monaco 04, as we like to call it. Yano Trilli with that win back then. Sam. He's such a legend, isn't he, that guy? Love him. Speaking of legends, here's, uh, here's one that held me as a child. It's Eddie Irvine. yeah a few wins for eddie irvine four to be exact so he is a correct answer harry um maxi verstapp oh harry mate do you you remember that race in abu dhabi oh no that was his 10th win (laughs) (laughs) well this might be a new record we're starting 2021 out strong Max Verstappen is an incorrect answer. Oh, <laughs> that was very Actually, deserving. Sorry, go on. Anyway, should we carry on? Sam, you have the win. Well done. <laughs> should, we, should we carry on and see how far you can actually go with this? Yeah, I like this year. Um, okay, because he's so bad in that seat, and we spoke about him earlier, uh, Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, just about nine wins. Um, yeah, so he is a correct answer. Harry, have you got uh, an answer? And just to stipulate, a correct one. <laughs> um, Fisichella. Yeah, Fisichella's good, yeah. Three wins for Fisichella. Sam? Uh, Mark Whipper, you little whipper skipper. It's another one with nine wins. So <laughs> going very close to the line, Sam, but just about the right side of it. Harry? Um. Chuck Leclerc. Chuck Leclerc, he's got a couple to his name. I'm sure he'll be able to get some more this season with that Ferrari looking to be very strong. <coughs> Plus. <laughs> Sam. Uh, Ralphie the Malfi. It's Ralph Schumacher. 
What a guy. Six wins. That is a correct answer. Harry? Um, everyone's favourite uh, Sky Sports presenter, Johnny Herbert. Oh, he was my next one as well. Johnny Herbert, leave! <laughs> yeah, he of course has uh, four wins. Most people think he has three, but people forget the Bahrain esports race of 2020. <laughs> Oh, what what a next good one, time that was. It's so good. That is funny. Um, oh, I did have one. I'm too busy laughing at bloody Johnny Herbert now. Um, oh, the man after my ketchup filled heart. It's Heinz Harold Fritzen. Frankson, I already say Fritzen. it. Fritzen. <laughs> Just call him HHF. Much easier. Oh. <laughs> yeah, all that. It's a correct answer regardless. He's got three yeah. wins as well. Harry, uh, I'm kind of struggling now. Is it uh, what if they've had their w- wins before '85, but didn't they're still racing after '85? That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, Ricardo Patrese. Yeah, Patrese is a good answer. Sam, it might be crazy, but it's young and lazy. Crazy John Alazy, what a guy. That, I'm looking what, to those eyes. That one win, of course, Canada 95. Harry? Mm, I think I might be out here. You're a fool and, if you're um, out. There's so many obvious ones left. Um... <laughs> I mean, you can't lose Christ. I can. And I'm, oh, <laughs> he can. Um, Mr. Chunky. Have we said Mr. Chunky? Yeah, Mr. Chunky! <laughs> chunks, of course. Seven chunks. One Pablo Montoya, for anyone that isn't aware. Yes, that is one Pablo Montoya. I've got no idea why he is referred to as Mr. Chunky on this podcast. But... He got made to lose weight by McLaren. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was it. In in David Coulthard's book, he, <laughs> I, I, my dad had this book. In David Coulthard's autobiography, um, in like the pictures in the middle, there's a picture of DC Schumacher and uh, Montoya on the podium, and DC said it's a picture of me, Michael Schumacher, and the chunky little fella. And he <laughs> <made that. laughs> oh, I think it's no shame owning that book. DC's a legend. Oh, DC. All right, yeah, uh, it is a correct right, answer. Right. He's got seven wins to his name. Uh, Sam, have you got any more answers? Yeah, Pastor Maldonado. Of course, that one crazy day in Spain in 2012. Harry? Um, Robert Kubica. Great one. Yep, Robert Kubica, another one-time winner. Sam? Um, have we got a, a date that this ends on? No. Good. Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez, of course, the most recent race winner at Sequia is a correct answer. Harry? Well, P. Gazzle then, in that case. P. Gazzle, of course, another correct answer. His first win coming in 2020. Sam? Baby face. You just don't know. It's Heike Kovalainen. Heike Kovalainen is a correct answer. Rinsing through the one-time winners at the moment. Harry? They're all memes. True. Um, how many are left? One more because it sounds like a, a phallic piece. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a clue. <laughs> phallic piece. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Olivier Panis. Yes. <laughs> You're a child. <laughs> You're a child. 
Sam, I'm so disappointed in your humour. Harry, I'm so disappointed you understood what he meant. How many have we got left? <laughs> um, you've still got another nine. Crikey, mate. Another nine. Have, have, you, have you got any more names on you? I've got one that I don't think I can say properly. <laughs> Who is it? You know when you're taught as a kid to beatbox and you're meant to say two words? It sounds like the first one. Boots um, and cats. Yeah, say the first bit again. <laughs> Do you mean Thierry Bootson? That's the one. It's a correct answer. Yeah, he's got three <laughs> words. Thierry Bootson cats. Yeah, Thierry Bootson cats. <laughs> wow. Uh, have you got any more names, Harry? No, I'm absolutely out now. I've got no idea. Sam, do you want me to reveal the last eight, or have you got any more? I'll go, go with one more. Rene Arnu. Rene Arnu's correct answer. Seven wins to his name. Oh, that, that is, I reckon that's as far as I can go. That's fair. It's a good effort, apart from Max Verstappen. Uh, that is a good <laughs> effort. Uh, just for the record, for all of you playing along at home, the ones that they didn't mention, so Alessandro Nanini, one win for him, two wins for Patrick Tombay and Elio De Angelis, five wins for John Watson, Michele Alboreto, Keke Rosberg, and six wins for Jacques Lafitte. Uh, so well done if you got any of those. Well done if you managed to get 28 out of 28. That would be very, very impressive. Lafitte to the beat. <laughs> yeah, right. Outro music. F1. Back and forth. It's F1. Back and forth. It goes backwards. And then goes forth. It's F1. Back and forth, yeah, F1. Well, after your triumph, Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here for this podcast. Folks, 2021 has already proved to be more bizarre and more strange and weird than 2020. And we've only had, was it the 6th today? Yes, it's the 6th. We've had six days of it. It's crazy. Stick together. We're here for you. I'm not sure how comforting that is, but we are back. We'll be here with a podcast every single week. And make sure to check over on YouTube for videos, which we'll be launching as well every single week. Stay tuned. Help us, bro. We're gonna, I'm going to say it. We're going to try and hit 5K on YouTube this year. If you can help us with it, that'll be massive. So thank you. Big love. The guys have just winked in pain that I've said that. But in the meantime, I've been the slightly mad Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. And I've been Max Verstappen. And remember, keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network.